Hi everyone, welcome back to Capitalize Your Fridays. This is Taylor Dennis, Senior Wealth Design Specialist and VP of Altius Financial, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Williams. Hey everybody, this is Mike Williams. I'm the founder and president of Altius Financial, and today we're going to try to demystify common financial statements, both the financial statements, net worth, profit and loss, cash flow, those kinds of things, as well as statements that have to do with particular accounts. We'll break down two of our favorite individual financial statements. As I mentioned, they can be thought of as you know, your net worth and then your cash flow. That These are the two basics that any person or any business, for that matter, typically should track. And we do that with our clients on a regular basis. We dive into typical statements you might have from your employer or your financial professional or your accounts, your bank, those kinds of things. Those statements should be tracked and they can help you gauge your current financial position, right? Perfect. Yeah. So I think this will kind of help help clarify what are you seeing and what does that mean and what can you do with it? But before we get too far along, let me just cover our disclaimer. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of investment advice or financial planning. No advisor-client relationship is formed by the broadcasting of this episode or your listening of what we say. The use of this information or any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content in this podcast is not meant as a substitute for professional financial advice. If you're needing specific financial advice for your situation, please reach out to your certified financial planner, or if you're interested in learning more about our firm, our people, or our philosophy, feel free to reach out to us through our website, which is altiusfinancial.com, or contact us directly by email at taylor at altiusfinancial.com or michael at altiusfinancial.com. Just so you're aware, that is A-L-T-I-U-S financial.com. So Mike, I thought it would be worthwhile to maybe break this podcast episode into maybe personal financial statements and then the type of stuff that you get as an employee or a client and then maybe finishing with how to use the different information that you're receiving. So starting with personal financial statements, what should we cover on those? Well, as I mentioned at the outset, there's there's two really crucial ones and they kind of boil down into like a static here's what you have right now this is a snapshot in time you know on this date this is what my balance sheet is or net worth and i i think of those as the same things you know accountants and accounting classes might make subtle distinctions between a balance sheet and a net worth statement but essentially they're they're saying here's my assets here's my liabilities you know subtract the liabilities from the assets and that's my net worth or that's what my balance sheet adds up to that's that's one net worth balance sheet Two is not the snapshot, but more the ongoing in and out, the uh, cash flow. We call it cash flow or P&L, profit and loss, budgeting, you know, having a budget, cash flow reporting. Those are all state. Those are all terms for similar kinds of things. Those are the two statements: net worth, cash flow. Those two statements are what we want to kind of get into. And I think it's helpful to add with the cash flow reporting. I had a friend who said, "Well, I don't really have any debts. Do I even need a budget?" And I think it's helpful to say everyone can use a budget. Not everyone needs to be counting, well, did I go to Starbucks today? Or how much did I spend on the croissant that morning? But everyone should at least have a general picture of, well, how much do I need to live? How much should be coming in and going out on a month-to-month basis? And the cash flow reporting really helps you calibrate that and to say, well, am I on track or am I spending maybe more than I intentionally wanted to? I think the ideal there is to have good intentions with what you're doing, to know, well, here's what I wanted to have, 
versus here's how it turned out versus, well, we're just going with it. And as long as we don't have debt, it, it's fine. What do you mean good intention? Good inten- <laughs> Everybody knows that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. What do you mean by good intentions being good enough, Taylor? I wouldn't say good intentions are good enough. <laughs> I'm just but... <laughs> I think you're right. That intent is the first piece. But what we're also talking about with both financial statements is measurement, right? Mm-hmm. So it's having the right intent and then being able to say, okay, I'm going to be accountable to that as well. And I think you're right in saying that you know a person can be very I don't know anal about their their budgeting and that can be worthwhile. Uh, although you know the whole purpose is you know are you thriving? Are you enjoying life? Is the money doing what you want it to? Are you getting what you want out of life? And the money and the productivity that you've put into life. Some people can get away with not looking too detailed at their budget as long as they're they know their net worth is making progress at the rate that they want and their savings is going well. Yeah. Some people really need the discipline of saying, no, I need to track every single expense. And some people get some joy out of that. You know, that just depends on what they you know, their personality some, right? Yeah. And another thing that that kind of ties into that cash flow side of things, you talked about net worth, but we haven't really talked about the liquid net worth. It's helpful to say, well, maybe you have a huge net worth, but maybe most of that is possibly real estate or a business. Maybe it's things that you don't have liquid to spend. So you want to also balance out, well, how much of my net worth can I actually use versus how much is just having continuing growing value? So should we dive deeper into those or just talk a little bit more about some of these other you know, account statements, employee statements, client statements, those kinds of things? I think it'd be worthwhile to spend some time doing the employee and client statements. I think everyone knows they get statements, but they don't necessarily know why or what they're for, or maybe they don't even check them. Um, And it's fine if you're not, as Mike would say, the anal person who's checking it every single day, but it's helpful to at least have the knowledge of, well, what am I getting and why? Yeah, we generally believe there's a balance there, right? You don't want to be checking things every single day, but if you're not checking them fairly regularly, monthly or quarterly at least... Yeah. You know, then you're probably letting things go and you're not paying enough attention. So what do we mean by like a portfolio statement? Something that somebody might have gotten, in the, at least our clients might have gotten from, say, TD or the custodian, now it's Schwab, you know, actually getting a statement from you know, the financial uh, investments that you have. Yeah, so if you have a investment account at a custodian, which for those of you who don't know, custodian is just a fancy word for a bank that holds your investments. So... Fidelity, Vanguard, Schwab, TD previously. So those are the companies that every month they will churn out a financial statement. And it'll say, hey, what kind of trading did we do that month? Usually at the top of the statement, it'll say, here's your current balance. So a lot of people like to just look at the monthly statements and go, well, is what it was last month a little bit bigger this month? Or is it a little smaller? How do I feel about that? That's a lot of times what people typically look at. But maybe you're looking at, well, we talked about dividends. Is this showing any income? Did I get any dividends this month? Or did I get any interest this month? How is this portfolio paying out for me? And all of those items you can see on the monthly performance statement as well. And sometimes they have it broken down into details of the kind of assets. You know, it could be, Mm -hmm. this is the mutual funds. This is the individual stocks or bonds that you have. And looking at cost basis, there, there's all a wealth of information on those statements that a person can use to evaluate how they're doing. Yeah. And this may be more information than you necessarily want to be looking at, but it's helpful to at least know, hey, if I'm looking for yeah, my cost basis or if I'm looking for what holdings do I have right now, this is a good place to go for that. So that's the monthly from the custodian. But we also at Altius and many financial advisors do this as well, create a quarterly statement that shows a little bit more detail both detail and big picture information about performance. 
showing what the year-to-date returns are, comparing it to pay maybe some benchmark or indexes, showing the uh, portfolio income and allocation by security type in more detail that we talked about before. Not just maybe mutual fund versus stock, but you know, foreign exposure versus U.S. exposure, um, large cap versus small cap, all those kinds of ways we kind of slice and dice a portfolio, giving you more information about what you have. Yeah. And another thing to know, our quarterly statements combine all of the accounts that we're managing. So your monthly statement, you'll get by account. So if you have four different accounts, you're getting four different statements. Um, a quarterly statement can be helpful because it's putting everything in one, one little bundle for you. And that makes it maybe a little bit easier to review. And of course, each different company might make their performance statement a little bit different. We were fortunate with the service that we use to track all this data, we're allowed to kind of adjust what our performance statements look like. And so we can choose which data we wanted to present. You may have more or less data depending on who your provider is, but the ones that we've listed are what we're seeing on our statements. And along those lines, one of the things that we do for our clients a lot of times is do interim statements that show a performance by holding. And, and, and that means that we're looking at each component in a portfolio and how it's doing over a specific time period. And one of the things that we constantly stress is you're usually going to have things that are doing well, and then you're oftentimes going to have things that are not doing so well. And that's that's important an important part of diversification. Now, it's not necessarily what you're shooting for. You don't want to have any losers in your portfolio. But if you have appropriate diversification, that means that you typically will have something in your portfolio that's not doing that great that at that time period. If it's all going well at one time period, that means it can all go horribly in a different time period, and you don't want that necessarily. And obviously, that depends on the model and the risk and how aggressive you want to be about it. But it shows specific securities, and that can be useful useful when you want to dive in and understand more about what's going on underneath the hood, so to speak. Yeah, and we typically do those, do those discussions each meeting with our clients. So maybe that's an annual or a semi-annual meeting. That's the opportunity to really break down and say, well, why are we holding this? Or how do we feel about this? What's our perspective on these specific holdings? Now, how are those different in your mind, those that we've talked about so far, from something you might get from your employer, like a 401k statement? Maybe this is just because I'm a little biased. I feel those are a little more outwardly presented. I personally don't feel that our 401k provider sends me an email every month saying, hey, just so you know, this is how we're feeling. Here's how your performance is doing. You definitely have statements on your 401ks, 403bs, all of your employer statements. But typically, you've got to do a little bit more searching to get to them. You're not necessarily getting that in the mail or getting a monthly email that says, hey, this is ready for you to check on it. And that's a good point, too. I mean, we're using the term statement, Mm -hmm. but oftentimes we're not printing out hard copy paper, right? We're actually showing that on a computer screen or you're logging into your 401k looking at a statement. Of course, you can print it or oftentimes they might mail it to you, but that that could, obviously in the modern world, a lot of what we're doing is looking at a computer screen or a display monitor that's showing the same information. The other benefit of having a financial advisor is if you have questions on your statements, so if you said, hey, it looks like Taylor uploaded this performance report and I have a question about one of the holdings, you can call up the Altius team and say, hey, I had a question about this holding. Could you explain this to me? Or could you get the information that I have questions on answered? You might have a few more hoops to jump through if you're doing that on a on an employee retirement account if you don't have a financial advisor. What about all the other documents that you might get via the mail or email? I mean, there's all kinds of other things in a person's financial life, you know, whether it's tax documents and so forth. What about all those, Taylor? 
That's great to bring up. There's so many documents that you get in addition to these recurring statements that are maybe not really statements, but are maybe a little confusing and definitely things that you're getting on a recurring basis. So I would start with maybe like the W-2, W-9 documents. And those are really just showing what are your, what's your annual income and withholdings that you're going to then put on your tax forms. So what's the distinction between those two? You mentioned two different ones, W-2 versus W-9. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so people like to make the comment, oh, are you a W-9 employee or W-9 worker or a W-2 employee? So W-2 is typically if you're an employee of a company, whereas a W-9 is for people who are registered as an independent contractor. I would like to add the caveat, if you are W-9, you typically have less withholdings, if any, shown on that report. So you might need to be prepared towards the end of your tax year to say, well, did I have to put aside money to pay out any tax withholding that wasn't taken for me as a contractor rather than getting hit at the end of tax season? Mike, do you want to talk a little bit about what you'd find on a pay stub? Because I know it, when people think of a W-2 and a W-9, that's showing your income. Well, so does a pay stub. What's, what's the difference there? Yeah, the pay stub is usually talking about a specific time period. You know, the W-2 is a summary of earnings, W-2 standing for wage and tax statement for the IRS. That's usually an annual thing. A pay stub is oftentimes people through their employer will be paid monthly or maybe every other week or something like that, different intervals. But it's showing the activity and the pay for that particular time period, the pay and the withholdings. And usually you're going to have a whole lot of information on there. And we, we emphasize people thinking about their gross pay, you know, their gross earnings and trying to take control of that as best they can. Now, obviously, you know, there's going to be some mandatory withholdings done in terms of taxes, but then you have choices as far as 401ks, other potential employee benefits. Maybe you're paying for some insurance, you know, health insurance or disability, life insurance potentially. There might be all kinds of things that are deductions on that pay stub. And you want to track that and say, is it correct? And is it what I want it to be? And what kind of control can I have over it? We oftentimes ask for clients to bring in pay stubs because it gives us lots of good planning information to help them make decisions on, on a short-term basis. Yeah, the pay stub is definitely a great spot to go back. If someone's saying, well, I thought I'm paying for long-term disability, but I don't remember how much I'm paying for that, or I don't remember quite the, the fees that I'm paying per, per pay stub or per paycheck, that pay stub will tell you exactly what you've paid in that pay period as well as year-to-date. Um, and it just really kind of helps clarify what's going in and coming out in regards to your, your routine pay. And then, of course, at the end of the year, aside from getting from your employer a W-2 or a W-9 as a contractor, you're also going to get, if you have investments, and certainly from our, our clients are going to get 1099s, either 1099s that show taxable events, you know, dividends, uh, gains and losses, interest earned, those kinds of things in a non-qualified investment account. And then that 1099-R that shows any distributions that happen from a qualified retirement account like an IRA or something like that, those are two you know, crucial documents to help prepare your taxes. Uh, and of course, you know the, 10, 9, the 1040, I mean, we got all kinds of, you know, all kinds a whole of language, right? Uh, but the 1040 is your tax return for an individual or joint couple. Um, those are statements in a sense that you want to have your accountant prepare or you prepare um, to track on an annual basis. Yeah. And so just a quick thing to kind of maybe keep some of those apart. So 1040 is your tax form. We already talked about that. But you know the 1099s are going to be anything related to your investment income, dividends, taxes. 
And then if you just remember, the one that has the R is your retirement account. So if it's a 1099R, it's just your retirement accounts and it'll be taxed based on distributions. So your distributions that you're taking, it's showing that those are then taxable or non-taxable if it's a Roth account. So if, I, if I'm a young person and I'm not retired, but I have retirement accumulation accounts like an IRA or 401k, do I get a 1099R on those? Not unless you're taking an early distribution. And you'd want to be aware that if you are taking an early distribution, you would have penalties unless you have one of the six exceptions. So I would be cautious on preferably don't be pulling money out of your 401k quite yet. So this is just sort of an overview of different financial statements or important documents and information that a person can get and review with their financial advisor. But how do you recommend, Taylor, people putting this information to use? What do they do with them? Yeah, so I would say, and just kind of starting with the top of what what we discussed and working our way down, I mean, looking at net worth, you're using that to confirm where you are in your overall financial situation. So do you have a positive net worth? Are you on track for your net worth goals? How much do you want to have by X date? And are you calculating that already? The cash flow, maybe you're saying, well, I should be saving this much, but for some reason I'm not, and I don't know why I'm not saving what I thought I was. Going back to your budget and kind of saying, well, what's coming in? What's going out? Maybe I miscalculated somewhere. That's a great spot to recalibrate your full cash flow picture and to look at, well, how is that going to look in the long grand scheme of things? Of course, at Altius, we've got the technology and the ability to look at this in a bigger picture. So we do a lot of cash flow reporting, projecting your cash flow out 10, 20 plus years into the future and saying, well, how does this current expense assumption, including your one-off expenses down the road for maybe big planned events, impact your overall financial situation and your overall net worth. But even as a as an individual, if you don't yet have a financial advisor, just looking at your day-to-day expenses and making sure you're on track there, that's a, a great way to get started. And these monthly statements that you get, um, yeah. they're basically showing you know, transactions that happen in the month and any changes, changes in valuations of the the investments that you hold on to, you know, good, bad, or ugly, they should be saying, here's what the truth is about what, what happened with regard to that month's activity. Same thing really with a, a quarterly statement, although it's it's going to be a little bit more longer term. Rather than just activity, it might, might show more detailed performance in that quarter, right? Yeah. Um, and the performance by holding, if you're an Altius client, this is our way to to really break down What specific investment decisions have we made? This is a great opportunity for us to say, well, here's maybe what we did different since we last spoke. And if you want to revisit this at a more frequent interval, I mean, our clients are more than welcome to reach out to us and say, well, I'm curious, what have you done more recently? Maybe we haven't scheduled an appointment in a little bit. Let's let's get that on the books to have those discussions. Um, That's definitely something you should be open to and something we should be kind of continuing to do to say, well, where are we and what are we working towards? Yeah, I think those are really kind of unique and important for people to have. And, and like you said, we provide them on a regular basis to people, especially if they're interested in specific holding time periods. It's not a problem, but when you get a monthly statement from your custodian or even a quarterly statement from your financial advisor, it's usually looking on a calendar basis. And that can be good or bad. Uh, obviously, over time, it makes more of a difference. But if you want to say, well, this is what was going on either in my life or the economy at this specific point in time, not a calendar you know, time period, not a January 1 through January 31st or whatever it might be. No, I want to know what happened on January 19th to August 2nd. That's when I'm really curious about what was going on with my account versus the rest of the economy or the stock market or whatever it might be. 
Yeah, and, and it's important, you know, uh, to not cherry pick, but to, to say, I want to see, you know, whether it was good or bad, I want to see what it was doing over this time period. And obviously, we coach people on what was going on, you know, in the external markets uh, relative to your portfolio and comparing those. Yeah, definitely. And it's helpful to know that having those performance reports, you have the opportunity to also maybe even adjust them to say, well, what happened this year, as long as we're feeling comfortable with our allocation, what happened this year doesn't necessarily matter as long as the whole situation isn't broken. But how does it look going forward and how is it looking for maybe the past five years or 10 years? Are we on track for what we thought we were going on a long horizon versus the last couple months? And again, the W-2, W-9, those are uh, employer-issued government-mandated forms from your employer uh, that summarize your earnings and the withholdings that you had, the various things that were that reduced your income. Uh, and same thing really with your pay stub. It's showing, but just more on a short-term basis. But being able to check with those and see if those withholdings, are, uh, both tax as well as discretionary withholdings for other benefits, are in alignment with your goals right now. Definitely. That's that's a great spot to go back and say, well, I thought I was signed up for this. Do I need to make any adjustments to my employee elections? Should I make ad- adjustments to what kind of withholding I'm doing as far as different tax assumptions? Should I make adjustments to uh, how much I'm doing as far as retirement contributions? Maybe it's time to bump that up a bit. And that's a good spot to look at and say, well, you know, I, th- I think I can afford to add a little bit more to my retirement plan. And again, lastly, the 1099s, 1099R, those are just two significant examples. You might have all kinds of other tax uh, documents that are summarizing something that you need to actually report through your 1040, through your tax return. And one of the benefits of working with a financial advisor is all of these statements, you know, just making sense. I mean, this is, in a sense, a whole new language for a lot of people. They don't understand the language, and so it's not as meaningful. But a a good financial advisor will kind of turn that into English and say, this is what it means to you right now, and be able to help you say, okay, not only does this mean this, but here's how you can use that information to plan a better future. Yeah, exactly. Well, so I hope our listeners have kind of had the opportunity to say, well, now I maybe have a better understanding of what these documents are that I'm receiving on a monthly, weekly, quarterly, annually basis. And maybe now you know, well, what am I searching for in those different documents? So rather than getting it and just tossing in the shredder, now you know, hey, well, if I have questions about my holdings, this is the, the spot to go. If I have questions about income this year, here's where to go. Here's what I need for my taxes at the end of the year. I hope this maybe clarified and kind of opened your eyes to this isn't such scary stuff. It's we can make it kind of basic jargon um, and something maybe a little bit more comfortable rather than scary documents that you're just constantly receiving. If you guys have any other questions, if there's anything else that we can really dive deep on in these podcasts, we'd love to hear your insight and, and advice on what you would like to hear more about. Feel free to reach out to Michael at AltiusFinancial.com or Taylor at AltiusFinancial.com. We also have a scheduling link. So if you are interested in scheduling a complimentary meeting, that's on our website at www.altiusfinancial.com. And we'd love to help you kind of dive through your personal financial statements and get to know what your financial situation is and whether that's on track for your personal financial goals as well. But regardless, I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast and I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thanks. Thank you, everybody.